Welcome to the K-Pop Cast. We are back, y'all. My name is Stephanie. I am your K-Pop host, and I am here with a very special guest. Joining us for this episode, we've got the founder, chief executive officer, chief evangelist, lead spokesperson of none other than K-Ville Entertainment. I think we have a lot of K-Ville fans in the audience here, and we are so honored to have their brave leader and bias breaker with us today. It's Ben Russell. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Woo, thanks for being here. So today with Ben, we're going to talk about controversial topics like, I don't know, JYP fashion choices, YG trainees jumping ship all over the place, and why all members of BTS are apparently lizard people. JK. Anyways, we're here to learn what it's like to run the K-pop YouTube version of the Billboard charts with Ben. And... How can I forget? We have DJ Pilo in the house. Hello. Hello. And Baby Carson is here as well. Baby Carson, newest K-pop cast host. So, Ben, for the 1% of K-pop cast listeners who have never seen a K-Ville video, most of them probably have and don't even know it, but how would you describe what K-Ville is for someone who's not familiar? K-Ville Entertainment is mostly a YouTube channel for people to discover new K-pop songs and really get to know all about the genre of music. We do K-pop charts where fans get to vote for their favorite songs. We also let people know when there's new releases or um, do educational videos about groups, evolutions, or even just classic K-pop songs so that casual fans can dig deeper and catch up on the history. One, one thing that I've always relied on as a K-pop DJ is that I need to get a sense on what's actually popular right now. And KVL has always been like my number one go-to source for getting exactly <laughs> that information. Oh, thank and you. Plus, it's something I watch every Saturday with my son, and, and we get excited every single time we see Soyeon uh, on the charts. <laughs> is, is that you and your son, or just you? Uh, well, well, definitely him, of course. I mean, you know, you're teaching him to get excited for Soyeon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very cute, very cute. Yes, I am a big fan of K-Ville as well. I Amazing. use it. I think we're, we're all like going to go around and say how we use it in our everyday routine. Being a host of a K-pop podcast, I need to at least be as up to date as your average K-pop fan. So K-Ville is right up there at the top of my search results when I'm looking for new releases that just came out that I can talk about on the show. I sometimes use it to find my dun 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 hit replay for the week. Oh, that's awesome to hear. We've really strived to try and represent those K-pop fans outside of Korea because the music tastes of Western audiences are just so vastly different to those in South Korea. Because, you know, over there, they're so much into their ballads and original soundtrack songs. Whereas we tend to like girl crush concepts, the badass, strong, mature songs and imagery. That's fascinating. I mean, I'm not surprised by that at all. Could you share at all about the demographics of the listeners? Do you have a lot of folks in the US? I would have to say out of all of the majority Caucasian countries, Germany would be our biggest listener, which is quite surprising seeing as they have very tight copyright laws over there. 
However, for some reason, we don't get blocked in Germany, so they're just loving I bet. <laughs> our stuff. We have a huge US base as well, and also a lot of、uh, Southeast Asian countries, such as the Philippines, Indonesia, Thailand, pretty much all over, everywhere except for Africa. I just recently met a K pop fan from Nigeria who reached, in, <laughs> who reached out to me over Twitter and we talked about BTS and bonded, and now we're going to be best friends. So,、uh, that's great. I meet international K pop fans at university all the time. Have you noticed any trends in how they vote by those different countries, or is that even something that you can see into? You can see into which countries vote for what.、Mm. Like, for example, believe it or not, not every country would vote for a group like BTS. <gasps> Wait, what? Yes, that, that、no. is shocking. It can't I, be. I thought everyone votes BTS all the time. Oh, no. See, BTS, while they are undoubtedly the biggest group in the world, possibly in the history of K pop,、mm. oh, well, it's not even possibly. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying not to upset fans of Big Bang or,、oh, right, you、yeah. know, the, the Trailblazers who、sure. okay. paved the way. But right, as it stands right now, no one's really achieved this level of success.、Yep. So, for example, Southeast Asian countries such as Thailand would probably tend to vote for GOT7. Really? Because GOT7 has a Thai yes, member. Yes, they do. Bam, bam. Yeah. So, there's all <laughs> tiny little factors that come into play, and it all depends on which groups come out in the same week, who's fighting with each other, whose biases、mm. take over. It's that、That's、sort of、so、dynamic. It sounds like you. Really know your stuff and do your research to see what bands and what biases connect with the audiences. Do you actually spend a, a lot of your free time looking for videos and songs or research on your own? Ever since I was a young boy, I was obsessed with making lists,、mm. whether it be lists about my favorite movies, lists about the most beautiful actresses, <laughs> stuff like that. And when I got into K pop, I wanted to make lists of my favorite K pop songs. Then I decided to delve into a more factual, educational sort of list. And I do believe, I can't confirm this, but I think I was the first person. To create the most viewed K pop songs of all time、mm. on YouTube. And since then, there have been a million other channels doing like most viewed, most liked. Inferior copycats. No, not inferior. <laughs> much superior stuff. Much superior. You can't fight facts, and that just fascinates people. And so I've been doing that for years now, trying to deliver actual statistics to people so that they can gauge. Where the groups are at and who really are doing well and who could be doing better. One thing that I've kind of always enjoyed just as a fan and follower of KVL was just discovering a lot of new stuff, especially stuff admittedly at the very bottom of the chart or at the list because, like, there's a lot of great bangers there. But was there something that really drove you? Like, is there a mission or a purpose that you're trying to achieve with KVL Entertainment? My mission from the get go was to promote underrated artists、mm. because there were channels before mine that did lists and charts, and some of them were fantastic, like DJ Digital. Have you ever heard of that channel? I don't think so, no. He was an inspiration for me. It was based on his opinion, and I noticed that groups like Girls' Generation, EXO, 21 would always be up the top. And meanwhile, I was、yeah. like, 
sitting back mm. wondering where's my favorite groups why don't they either not chart or um get no recognition and so what made me start doing my lists was i really wanted to promote artists that people didn't know or um just didn't get enough recognition and from there it just grew who did you who did you have in mind back then like years ago do you think people were sleeping on I'm a bit hesitant because I'm not exactly Uh-oh. sure how to pronounce the name. <laughs> we'll help now, you out. is it Fiesta or Feista? Oh, Fiesta, I think. Yeah, Fiesta. Very good group. And they even, they got way better after Yezzy destroyed the competition on Unpretty Rap Star. Yes. Awesome. And then who mm. is maybe an underrated artist right now? La Boom. Or Laboom, <laughs> or however you pronounce it. No, I, I don't know. Peter, do you know yeah, Laboom? What? Oh, hell no Laboom. Yeah, ah! fake guns. Bio, bio. They've got a lot of other really funny songs. Very cute, Eggio, as well. I'm not much into the Eggio concepts myself. Me neither. But, yeah. Okay. Peter can have all of them. Laboom just has such beautiful, unique songs, in my opinion. They have their Eggio cookie cutter stuff. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. If you dig deeper into their discography, you're going to find some absolute masterpieces. Masterpieces. Wow, I need to get up on this. It really stuck out that you said Mm -hmm. you can't argue with facts or that (laughs) people really want more facts and statistics in their life. And I think that's really true in the K-pop scene, seeing what songs get onto the Inkigayo and the Mnet countdown. Like that's always a, a fun experience, but it's so narrowed and, and structured with, well, what label has a deal with what TV network? And I think seeing more democratic poll results can be even more exciting for the fans outside of Korea. Where do you get the statistics or data? Because you're like updating this really Mm. often. I just want to touch on, you made a point about Korean TV and you're not being able to trust the programming or Mm. the awards. (laughs) Um, You're absolutely right. Mm. I do not trust a single show or a single awards ceremony there because at the end of the day, comes down to advertisers getting paid, companies Mm -hmm. getting exposure. There's a whole lot of factors in there. You just have to look at the debut of X1 and the results of the show that they came from. It's, I shouldn't say rigged. It's not rigged. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Uh, do we have a lawyer? Here. Do we have a lawyer here? We have no illusions. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Sure, <laughs> allegedly go. rigged. <laughs> go with that. So yes, it's almost certainly allegedly rigged. <laughs> you can't really trust what you see on TV. And I think Cable has built up that trust over a period of, it's been, uh, must be five and a half years now. I think um, so. We've never had dodgy results. <laughs> Well, we did have a dodgy result once when one of our, not our chart poll, but um, we were doing a most handsome K-pop boy groups poll. Uh Uh-oh. And if you can imagine back in the day, it was EXO versus BTS. Oh my God. We had fans from China, Taiwan, everywhere just coming into that poll. um, (laughs) Of course they did. And uh, eventually they crashed the poll and we couldn't release the Ah! results. Like, the poll just exploded and died. <laughs> and then we had literally, like, 
must have been tens of thousands of people out for blood on us because the pole system could not handle that much traffic. You, you could probably create an unlimited source of energy or new form of power <laughs> oh, yeah. by just like putting like opposite <laughs> elements of like if, XOLs and like BTS Army or maybe twice once's into the mix. If we could harness the energy through these fans clicking fingers, oh, we could power a whole city, I'm sure. Right? Solve global warming. Yeah. That's so exciting, though, to feel a part of something like that and to then see the, the fruits of your labor come out. I mean, it's it's a microcosm of the whole culture of like YouTube streaming for your for your bias, for your your favorite group and seeing the view count go up based on what you and the other fans are doing. And it was all for like Jungkook's abs, right? Like that, <laughs> that was what that chart like not Jungkook, I mean, just his abs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was always either Jungkook or um, Kai from EXO. <laughs> yeah, I'm Team Kai personally. What about you two? Oh man, if it's if it's just abs, I gotta yeah. go with Kai. But but full full package, Jungkook. No way, Kai all the way. Ah, uh oh, here we go. We're about to <laughs> blow it up again. EXO versus BTS fans tweeted us who's the better package. <laughs> So I wanted to go back to asking again, what's your maybe editorial process for picking? Well, what kind of evolution video or top 10 am I going to do today? Do you have a team? Is it just you editing, splicing all those clips of 100 songs every week? You said you're in university. Take us behind the scenes. I wish I had a team. I had a team two years ago. I had two video editors and uh, article writers, social media managers, oh my the gosh. works from all around the world. Yeah. And then the adpocalypse happened and oh, uh, we weren't making money anymore. Yeah, what the hell, Stephanie? I- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I take full responsibility. Yeah. I was paying a lot of people. There were a lot of wages going out there and... Uh, they all suddenly had to find new jobs overnight. Oh, man. Wait, was, was it really that that profitable of an enterprise, though? At one point during the BTS versus EXO phase, we were getting up to $500 per day. Wow. Oh. That's pretty good. U.S. And, dollars, or is that? Uh, U.S. dollars, yes. Nice. We went from that to getting nothing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, that's rough. But, hey, I need you. <laughs> like, I <laughs> no. need... We depend on you. The whole point about being a creative entrepreneur is that if you're not passionate about what you're doing, then get out of the game before you even start because you're going to have setbacks. And I've been dealing with this setback for a couple of years now. You've got to do it because you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe returning to Stephanie's earlier question, like how do you decide what list you're going to do when? Because, I mean, surely you can't just be like, EXO versus BTS all the time. I mean, I would. (laughs) (laughs) People get tired of me. Usually, like, these days, because I've been bogged down with university assessments, 
I've been sticking to the main formula of charts on a Sunday and then Mm -hmm. our Patreon videos, new K-pop songs and most viewed videos. But for the unique content like evolution videos and stuff, sometimes we'll have fans Mm. vote on our Facebook page for who gets the next one. And obviously BTS wins that like every time. (laughs) No surprise there. It's always them or shiny. Shiny! Ben, there, there was a time when that list was only top 50, 60, and then 100. Like, what led to those decisions? Because K-pop has grown. When I started in 2014, there was, like, 20 or so big mm. groups, and then the rest, which could come and go in the trash, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, for real. It's yes. just how it was. They Sorry, weren't churning yeah. out groups like they are now. And fast forward to 2015, BTS starts blowing up with the release of I Need You. God, that was so long ago. Yeah, fast forward to 2016, they're overtaking all of the major groups, except, you know, in 2016, Mm. EXO was still ahead, Big Bang was still ahead. 2017, boom, BTS are now on top, and so many new groups have just capitalised on the success that they've brought to K-pop. Right. And we just don't have room for them in a top 50. And so what's the point of me doing my channel if I can't promote the underrated, the underrated artists? artists? Like that was, my mi- that was my mission statement. It all goes back to that. Yeah. Yes, applause, applause emoji. That works because every week I watch these videos or listen to these videos and I will hear the songs earlier on that list, which are the bottom, the mm-hmm. you know, 150 more right. often. And those, like, you know, week over week, I'm like, oh, this is catchy. And then I yep. go in and I vote, Ben. You make yeah. me vote Woo! for these underdogs. That's the whole point. That's exactly why I boosted it to 100, because I knew that if people could just get exposed to the chorus enough times, it would create an earworm that they just won't get out of their head. And lo and behold, I've created somehow fans for these groups that otherwise wouldn't have many. Are there trends that you noticed over time? You mentioned the Big Bang and BTS and et cetera. But yeah, like, it was so cool to hear that timeline. Yeah. Is there any other like really notable trend that you've seen? What about on the on the girls side? Yeah. On the girls side, when I started doing K-pop in around 2014, Besides 21 and Girls' Generation, I remember AOA brought in this huge wave of the sexy concept. Mm. It was unbelievable. After they did that, then you had the Stella coming in. And do do you remember this song by Stella called Marionette? Oh, hella remember that. (laughs) No idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Must be a guy thing. (laughs) It it turned it up to 11. They did such stupid gratuitous stuff like... Picture this, Stephanie, picture this. Okay. A girl opens a bottle of milk and she's sipping it and then it starts dripping down her chin and on her breasts. Stop it. No, that's what happened. Oh, no. Well, it it was really funny. I had a butt-scratching choreography. That's when you're like, okay, have we gone too far? (laughs) (laughs) It's K-pop gone too far. Like, in the effort to be sexy, it's gone absurd. (laughs) It's, like, not even sexy anymore. Mm. It's just vulgar and absurd, yeah. Speaking of sexy dance moves, I decided to check out your channel and research oh, no. <laughs> what oh, are the God. most popular research. uploads on K- oh, no. <laughs> So we can talk about, you know what I'm going to say. Here it is, people. It's like 
top 10 sexiest girl group dances not safe for I, work i was i was young and reckless when i made those young and reckless it's right there on the homepage, my dude like oh the, my god like, and it's not just the number one most popular video it's like number one and two and three and four it's like different variations <laughs> of sexiest girl group dances and it's not your fault you're giving the people I what had, they want clearly <laughs> i i had to get my foot in the door so that people would notice my channel what look here's what happened fans really wanted to know wanted to see more gratuitous music videos like okay so i made the first one and you wouldn't believe it korea boo picked it up sbs pop asia in australia picked it up other websites picked it up and all of a sudden wow my video is newsworthy mm, sex sells who knew yeah who'd have ever thought it's like a it's a new concept that we need to putting look my, into. my youtube policy hat yeah. on immediately i see those thumbnails i see <laughs> <Red> flags. <laughs> the title and policy radar goes off ding ding red flag i'm curious have have those videos been able to monetize or did ads get taken off when you youtube was starting to put limitations on videos with that sort of content the sexy dance i believe they were yeah. the first to be demonetized is your channel having like i'm going into doctor mode is are you having copyright issues or is it ad friendly guidelines content issues is a little bit of both uh, no my channel was rightly demonetized because for fair use youtube's just trying to play it safe and you have to have like your own personal commentary and break it up enough. So I used to be able to dispute these things because it what most of it was educational content. Most of it did nothing but benefit the copyright holders. And also I only used clips that were 15 seconds or less, but now if soon as they detect a song it's copyrighted you can't earn any money so yeah okay it's, so it's just the copyright notices yeah i get them on every video every single video so that's yeah. not ideal for us either youtube doesn't make more when that happens it's really the korean music <laughs> labels that are actively going out and searching for videos that use that use their content use their songs and they just want to keep every penny mm -hmm. they're logging in and searching or they have the automated content id go and find your videos and and tag it and mm. then all the all the revenue would go to them or they would take it down so and then like, when we try to dispute this we seem to have no power or recourse yeah. on top of that me being from australia our mm. fair use laws are very different to oh, how so well this is what my lawyer oh, told me snap. because i used to have to get lawyers into yeah i had law my lawyers Whoa. talk to yg's lawyers and we ended up winning wait for real <laughs> what wait we you didn't won? have a you lawsuit Papa yg and won i fought one of the Damn. lawyers from YG and we ended up coming to an agreement <laughs> so yeah my small town lawyer did a good job what happened there yeah we need to hear more about yeah. this <laughs> so back in the old days we I keep saying old days old days was about four years ago Anyway, I used to get no copyright notices because I was doing a nice thing for these companies promoting their artists. And then out of nowhere, YG just started copywriting 
every single video I made. They went through everything and took all of my revenue. So I got my lawyer to contact them and they fought the good fight on fair use, saying that my content was educational. Yeah, transformative. It was very transformative because we do not use nearly enough of their content for anyone to be able to steal it or use it as a viable replacement for the original content. Exactly. Oh, you, you know it better than me. Yeah, and we were able to fight company after company and come to agreements with them. And then, boom, out of nowhere, the adpocalypse mm. happens. And all, yeah, all everything just fell apart. And on top of that, my lawyer told me they couldn't really fight anymore because companies from places like India, yeah, you know, places that are located in random places around the world, how can they sue them? How can we fight them? You're saying that there's you know? labels because in like India that have the rights to a K-pop song? They they don't. But what are we going to do? We are aware of that, and there's a small team that goes after folks like that and investigates them and takes their account away. But it's... It's whack-a-mole. Hey, I am happy to pass along any tips and reports. Awesome. So if you have people you want to go, go down, let me know. Yeah. See, I don't blame the staff of YouTube. I don't think anyone does. It's more just we have no power over our own content anymore, and it's just sort of scary. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So for a while, it sounds like you were in conversation with all the major K-pop labels. Well, I wouldn't say all of them. I've never had a problem with SM Entertainment. Really? But huh. I have <laughs> talked to Jay. No, SM has Shocking. just been wonderful of to me. Of all of them. Yeah. I'd be like, SM would be the one to go right? after the little guy. No, YG Entertainment came after us first. Well, they, they've got such good publicity right now. They've got everything Yeah, they're getting for them. theirs. <laughs> yeah. Let's just call this karma for everything they've done to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, JYP, um, Cube. Cube was a bad one. Oh, really? They didn't particularly come after me, but they came after reaction channels hard. Really? But I don't particularly defend reaction channels. <laughs> Back in the old days, reaction channels were pathetic. That but we've evolved like, have they? to a higher state of reaction. 5% are actually <laughs> The ones that would like, I know this yeah. is annoying to disturb the flow of the music and everything, but the ones that would pause and comment and give analysis and stuff, kind of like, uh, yeah. see, I'm not the biggest fan of, is it Jay Reckmull or Jerekmull? Or- oh yeah, J-R-E-K-M. Yeah. yeah. He, for me, transformed it enough in which, you know, you couldn't use it as a replacement for actually watching the music video. Right. Whereas other ones would just sit, watch the music video and watch then talk it. about it. And then it means their audience don't have mm. to go and watch the music mm-hmm. video uh. to see what it's all about. So they were taking money and views sure. away from these groups. So... Yeah, I couldn't defend them, and I never really did. But I would defend those who transformed it enough. But when we were having each of those discussions with all those labels, you were just like, again, fair use here? And they would just be like, okay? They would kind of just shrug mm-hmm. it off, fair enough? Ooh, give no, up or? it wasn't that easy. I remember my battle with YG lasted a few months, just a lot of emails. And um, eventually they just caved in because they realized we were going to throw yeah. down and it wasn't worth it. We're just one mm-hmm. channel of many and we were actually going to fight them. So they just thought, <laughs> oh, just let them have that's their That's how cake. you do it. Wear them down. <laughs> well, that's usually what the major, you know, multinational corporations end up doing, actually. It's usually the other way around. But I'm surprised that, like, you're doing them 
a service and a win here. You're you're driving traffic. You're getting people to buy their music and stuff. I'm just surprised that they, they take that approach. I mean, surely there's a way, right? Like it's definitely yeah. this is why you don't want those unlistings. That you there's got to be a way where we can make this win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, turn those clips into money for the actual artist or label. Even if I could go to Korea and meet with every company and get them to whitelist my channel. It's still YouTube's policy that my channel does not meet the criteria. Mm. So, what, what criteria are you talking about? It's not transformative enough. There's no added commentary. I'll try yeah. and put in a good word with you. I know those guys. Ah, uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. But even, even then, if you can't, I understand. They probably just don't get K-pop in general. They need my uh. expertise in there. Just beg them. Make it happen, Stephanie. Make it happen. Okay, we'll report back with the results. I'm going to do it, you guys. Tell them I'll I'll do anything. (laughs) Just give me my money back. (laughs) How are you keeping it going from here? You're, you're a one-man show, or how, how do you do it? My, uh, uh, we have two staff members at Cable now. Myself, and I'd make all the videos and do a, do some of the posts on Facebook. But then we have Diana from New Zealand. She she handles Twitter and Facebook. You'd be aware of her, wouldn't you, Peter? Yeah, from the, the Cable Contributors group, yep. Yeah, she helps me and keeps me aware of things I might have missed, like disgruntled fans in Facebook messages and, hey, I think you missed this and all of that. So it's it's always important to have a spotter. <laughs> She's mine. I commiserate, man. Here on the K-pop cast, it's, it's a lot to edit and put out these episodes and, mm. you know, trying to get volunteer help wherever we can get it, but it's still a lot. And yeah. I can only imagine that like tenfold for actually video content and the volume of content that you guys mm. put out. See, um, it takes me a whole day to finish the top 100 K-pop songs chart. Then I also make the new K-pop songs video that same day. The most viewed videos usually take a long time because you've got to track down all the views and, yeah. you know, I use Excel spreadsheets to okay. get all the numbers together and Yeah, everything. I was going to ask, like, do you have some spreadsheets or some scripts running that... No, I don't have any, like, codes or anything going. I have to manually input the uh, views from several music videos. It is extremely exhausting and time-consuming, but most of the time it's very enjoyable to do it but I run out of time and sometimes I'm late by a day or two usually during assessment weeks and then do the fans reach out like hey it's Sunday hello usually (laughs) fans that are 14 the ones who have nothing Nothing else (laughs) yeah no money lots of time yeah you learn quite quickly that those sorts of demanding fans are ones that you don't really need to respond to Mm. because it's very sort of a toxic environment in which you're at the beck and call of these people. Whereas, you know, they should actually not be grateful, but just be happy that it got out. You know, it happened. Yeah, it's not like you're a service to them. It's like you're doing this for the good of humanity, for K-pop, man. Exactly. Do it for the K-pop. For the K-pop, yeah. for the culture. Hopefully they, <laughs> the they culture. listen to this episode and they can hear like just how much blood, sweat, and tears. Just how much of that goes into like making the videos every week and mm. then maybe they can be a little more thankful and respectful on your channel. Gosh. Well, 99% of the fans are very supportive and respectful. But, good, um, good. Yeah, there's... Uh, 
was the small the teeny group. boppers. Yeah. <laughs> but but if you had to call it like a single way, what's the best way to keep you going, Ben? Like what what can people do for you? To be honest, just support me on Patreon so that Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like of course, I'm sure so everyone says it, but like you know, I'm studying full time and you know, living from paycheck to paycheck. So any support on Patreon is just um, very appreciated. And plus you get rewards back if you support us there. So you're not just giving your money away. You get a reward. The reward is like having you and Kville keep on going into eternity. I'm Uh, sure a lot of people would jump on. Yeah, no, (laughs) I really mean it though. From my perspective, again, like as a DJ, as a podcast host, Kville is a must go to source. I require it, and I'm not sure the K-pop landscape would be the same if it oh, were not. Thank you. That, I really honestly mean that. Like, wow. Well, now I can die happy now knowing that I've made a difference in at least someone's life. Don't leave us. <laughs> it's not just me, right? Because like, I play music for all these parties and events, mm. and tells me, oh, this one is on the up. Because I can see it on the chart, like, oh, this is a rapid rise one. I'm mm-hmm. definitely playing this at this next event. And then that gets a whole bunch of new people who are hearing that at the events for the first time live. Oh, yo, this is dope. So, I mean, it's got a ripple of systemic effects across mm. the entire, especially Western industry uh, of oh, K-pop. Thanks, guys. I am curious. I would love to know what your hit replay is for the week. Shall we go around and do that K-pop cast tradition? Okay, that sounds like fun. You guys go first. My hit replay for the week is from a group called 12, T-W-L-V. It's like 12 spelled out with no vowels. And it's called 8282 or Bali Bali or Mm -hmm. Party Party. I love wordplay. It is so catchy, so fun. And I actually had, we were hosting a party at my place this past weekend. And I always love to use those occasions to secretly indoctrinate people with K-pop going in the background. (laughs) That's what it is to be a K-pop fan. I mean, let's be real here. Yeah, and I was playing that one, and people were singing along to it, and they didn't even yeah. know. They were like, party, party, party. <laughs> that was like wow. my proudest moment of the weekend. So, yes. How about Peter? Go for it. I, I was trying to go to Kville right now to figure <laughs> out what I what I should be listening to. Mm. But actually, now that I think about it, my real hit mm. replay is by AOMG Official. <gasps> you're kidding. Simon Dominic. Oh. And his no. song, Make Her Dance. Oh, you're Not kidding. the booty one. Peter, yes. Yes, you guys already know oh what it is. God. Come on, come on. There, there was like barely enough booty. He, yeah. he came out with a few songs recently, but I knew which one. When you said Simon, I was oh like, I know God. Peter wants oh the booty God. song. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have two choices. Obviously, 
Adios by Everglow, which does sound very um, similar to Kill This Love, but to me it's got a more superior drop, you know, or I'm not sure what the lingo is, but that beat just gets me going. Yeah, that's it. It is making 80s jelly Mm. for that pirate chord progression. Yeah. I I really dig it. And it is Melbourne Bounce mixed with Big Room House. It is really dope. And it's something that you can, like Stephanie, like as you were saying earlier with like A2A2, you can play that in a DJ set Mm -hmm. for people who don't listen to K-pop. Yes. And they'll be like, wait a minute, are they singing in Korean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Is this even English? All right, what's number two? I'd also like to recommend Bad Habits by an artist called Sean. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard it. I've been watching this YouTube channel called Kville Entertainment, and it oh, seems okay. to be on the list. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I'm just gonna go on a Kville binge right after this. I don't know about y'all. Gonna have some popcorn, just put it on into the night. Well, it's also one of those good things, honestly, like similar to podcasting, Ben, I hope oh. you don't take this the wrong way, but it's really good to have in the background <laughs> while you're cleaning and stuff because mm-hmm. you're trying to be like, okay, what's what's current right now? And you're kind of listening or you're feeding your son or something. So it, it's really good for that uh, purpose good. as well. Yeah. See, I do that too. I put it on in the background as well. And sometimes I just want to hear the chorus and not the whole song. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is as a DJ too. I, I played verse one, chorus one, and then you're out. Maybe chorus two if the crowd really digs it, but like, no. No. Like, you're, you're doing it wrong if you get to the third chorus. That part of the song doesn't exist as far as DJs are concerned. <laughs> feel it. Let's wrap it up. Stephanie, where can people find you online? You can always find me on Twitter at sparker2. And Ben, where can people stand and follow and appreciate and contribute and donate and donate and and Um, support and give their monthly paycheck to Kville Entertainment? If you could donate all of your money to (laughs) Kville Entertainment on Patreon, it is patreon.com one of the slashes um, and then Kville, K-V-I-L-L-E. It's as simple as that for Patreon. If you want to find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, just type in the search bar Kville Entertainment and we'll be the first thing that pops up. Yeah, because y'all are killing it at SEO. Woo! Should, should I take out a small loan to support you guys? Yeah, a big loan. Can, can you put in an investment? I'll give you a share of the company, like 5% for a million dollars. Oh, sh- oh, 5% opportunity. Okay. That's a lot, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, let's talk business after this. I'm interested. Oh, deal. And I'm at DJ Pudelo. Don't forget to thank our editors for the K-pop cast. Woo-hoo. It's Jenny and Camilla. Thank you. We'll, we'll put their handles and descriptions into the show episode description. And follow the K-pop cast at the K-pop cast on Twitter or just K-pop cast on Camino.
custom reactions on YouTube and all they do is kiss the of every group, every company, every idol. They're all so beautiful, they're all so talented and it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> so Yeah, you know. I mean some songs aren't Daybuck. Yes. Don't you dare say like, anything bad about Soyeon because Soyeon uh, is like the best talent of this day right. and age. Like she's she is the rapper, the isn't she? Renaissance yeah, the of our time. Like she, she is. Uh, no, Peter, I completely agree. She is phenomenal. That's right, and, and you should all stand Soyeon and Chungha. Yeah, yeah, Chungha. Absolutely, you love her too. Oh but, yeah, but mainly Soyeon. Okay, great. Definitely. As long as I can still love Chungha. However. Team Sunmi over Chungha any day. Actually, that's my old powerhouse. There's right so there. few solo ladies keeping it real out there. We should all just support each other.